0: Hi, this is Andre Dawson, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on the Friendly Confines podcast.
1: Rhino, I know the playoffs don't start for a couple more days, but this weekend series in Chicago versus
0: the White Sox kind of feels like playoffs. Chad, it all comes down to this, the Crosstown Classic, the most important series of the year, bragging rights on the line. But what's even more important, the division title for the Cubs, because if the Cubs don't win the division, oof, it's going to be rough going into the postseason for the Cubs. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, we're going to break down the recent struggles. I mean, a week
0: ago, it was the hottest team
1: in baseball, and this last week, just famine. We're going to talk about that, what's going on at different positions, talk about the pitching matchups coming up, and obviously, do a deep dive
0: in this White Sox series. That's right, and we got a great guest this week, you know, changing it up a little bit. Normally, we have people on that cover the Cubs, specifically baseball guys, but this week... We're going to talk to our favorite basketball coach from our alma mater, Brian Mullins, the head basketball coach at Southern Illinois University is going to join us. You know, Chad, he's a Chicago guy, grew up a diehard Cubs fan. So it was cool to get his thoughts and his insights about the Northsiders and what it was like for him growing up as a Cubs fan. So stick around because the Friendly Confine starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber. He's Chad Gordon. Chad, let's begin. We start with the first inning, and man, did not look good for the Cubs against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The worst team in baseball. So many concerns with this team, Chad, going into the postseason, and the Cubs in this recording still have not clinched the NL Central, even though they had plenty of opportunities to do so. So what are your biggest concerns of this team as they get ready for the playoffs next week?
1: It's interesting, and it, it, it really is feast or famine. I mean, when we recorded last week, it was, you know, Cubs were on a super hot tear and, and were winning games uh, and dominating games, and then all of a sudden the Twins and the Pirates come, and, and it looks like a different team. I've got a couple theories on this. My number one is I wonder if the foot got taken off the gas uh, once they clinch the playoffs, because it, it, it is a, a unique year. Maybe they're not as concerned if they're hosting or, or the, the away team, it's just making the playoffs. Maybe there's that relief of we made it. And also mathematically, it's going to be very hard for them not to clinch the division. And on the other side of it, it is interesting. It's, it's imagine if this team, um, who, after that 13 and three start, imagine if they end at 13 and three and instead were th- three games under 500 going in oh, until the last 16 games. We'd be excited about this team leading the division, chance for a magic number this 13 and three start. So, I'd like to see something in this White Sox series this weekend. That's all it is right now. Get healthy, get on a roll. We have three games to do it.
0: Yeah, math means nothing at this point because we've right. seen collapses in the past, right? And there's no guarantee that this team can win the NL Central or will win the NL central. The other part of the equation is this. You want to be playing your best baseball going into the postseason. And we're not seeing it right now. They played their best baseball in the beginning of the season. They got off, like you said, to that roaring start at 13 and three. And now they look just absolutely lost at the plate. This team is just not hitting the ball at all. I mean, to get absolutely blanked by the Pittsburgh Pirates, Come on, you got to come up with more runs than that. They're the worst team in baseball. I have some major concerns about this baseball team, Chad.
1: Well, let's move on to the second inning, and it is all over social media. A lot of people are writing kind of the death sentence for Chris Bryant in his career. Uh, another injury, uh, he's not going to go on the IL for now, but there's a really good chance we're not going to see Chris before uh, the regular season ends. May not see him in the in the postseason. Uh, Rhino, I ask you, is MVP Chris Bryant, is that a thing of the past?
0: You know, it's really hard to give a guy who's 28 years old his walking papers and say that his best years are behind him. I really don't want to believe it. However, this is just not been the Chris Bryant that I think all Cub fans expected I, after that, I, you I, know, so MVP sad. season in 2015. I mean, we are just seeing a guy who, again, is just struggling not only at the plate but just maintaining to stay healthy at this point he's not at all in control of what he has been successful at in the past and that's swinging a solid bat he's been injured I think the injuries are catching up with him the one thing that he and the Cubs have going for them right now is he probably will most likely be on the team next year because The Cubs would get peanuts for him if they tried to trade him. So you figure you want to try and get as much out of him as you can. But I'll be curious to see how this plays out, because if I'm the Cubs right now, I would let him walk after his contracts up because I am not seeing any returns on Chris Bryant following that 2015 season.
1: Yeah, you know, I've never been in the camp to ever believe that the Cubs would ever part with him. I just never believed that. You 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 stick with this core. You do it until it's time to make the decision. And the decision time is after the next season. Uh, and so what's exciting about that is next season, you would hope he'd come in healthy. You'd hope he'd be in a contract year. You'd hope he would excel and really help next year's team um, do well. My theory on Chris Bryant has, can, has has been my theory on Chris Bryant for years, which is, He's 6'5", and if you look at all of the tallest players in all of baseball, most of the guys of his size are pitchers. They go out every fifth day. They go out for relief uh, relief appearances. The big guys like Chris Bryant, Giancarlo Stanton, um, uh, Aaron Judge, those guys are not durable. They get hurt more often. Think of a tall guy that you know and in- you. And moving slowly and lumbering after a certain point. And we could just say that the 30s are, you know, this is a guy that throws his body around. So I am concerned that we're not going to see it. I am concerned that it was just a flash and, and we had a wonderful flash of seeing it. But there isn't a track record of guys of his size that has long term durability in Major League Baseball.
0: Third inning now, Chad, and the Cubs enter their most important series of the year, of course, against their crosstown rival, the Chicago White Sox. Both teams are going to be making the postseason, and there's been a lot of chatter now about which core would you rather have? Would you rather have the Cubs core of Willie, Rizzo, Javi, Schwarber, Bryant, or would you rather have the White Sox core? Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson, Yoan Makata, Jose Abreu. Which one would you rather take moving forward right now, Chad?
1: Who you got? I love this question. I also love the just this this weekend series. I mean, both teams have an opportunity to bounce the other out of the division title. That that's kind of like it's all riding on this. So it's it's excitement for this last weekend that I've had circled all season long. You know, I in terms of the intangibles, in terms of like going position by position, I'm not going to do that. If I could trade anything from the Cubs and the White Sox, I'd like to trade the brains, the, the memories, the the drive and the fire. I mean, I, you know, imagine the Cubs core, but not have won it yet. Imagine the, imagine how much more hungry. I think they would be looking, I feel, and I've always felt like, I wonder if this Cubs core is taking their foot off the gas a little bit and aren't as hungry. Um, in this day and age because they're all getting paid and they all have the opportunity to be Cubs immortals because what they did in 2016, the White Sox are chasing that. And so that in itself, that is the only thing I would trade at this point. But that White Sox team is damn good. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I, I hate to say this, but the White Sox have a better team and they are primed for the future. Now, granted, we said the same thing about the team, you know, on the north side too. I think that the south siders though – Man, they are scary. I mean, offensively, they have a team that you would think would contend for years. I think their pitching is really what's going to ultimately decide how good they are going to be and if they do win a championship. But I mean, I mean, have we heard enough about Eloy Jimenez and, you know, Quintana as far as that trade goes and, you know, what that means for the Cubs as far as who won that trade at the end of the day? Um, because Jimenez looks like he's going to be a staple on the south side, as, you know, Jose Quintana is a guy who might not even have his contract renewed after this season. So, you know, as much as I would love to say the Cubs, and I really thought that was the answer up until even a couple of years ago, um, man, the White Sox are a team right now that could be the team to beat um, in the American League when, when the playoffs start.
1: I don't make a lot of predictions, but here's my predict- uh, prediction: is Quintana gets the start on Sunday, knocks the White Sox out of the v- division, clinches the Cubs division, and strikes out Eloy three times. Uh, oh. So let, all right. let's move. I'm, I'm let's move on down. to the fourth inning. That <laughs> Write that down. That's a lot. I know. Um, uh, I'd like to see the the I'd like to see the betting line on on all of those things happening. That'd be kind of fun. Let's move on to the fourth inning. We're gonna keep talking about the White Sox Cubs series because that is all that matters this weekend. That's it. That's all that matters. You know, you'd like to see um, the Cubs clinch the division. Magic number uh, is, is, is within reach. It's there. It's possible. They are in the driver's seat. You'd like to see that happen. Um, and obviously, the White Sox are fighting for theirs as well. What Ultimately, though, this is about getting ready for next week, which the Cubs are a part of next week. They're in the postseason. So, Rhino, I ask you, what do you need to see to feel good about these three games? With, between the Cubs and the White Sox.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I want to see them win. I want to see them win at least two or three because if they can, it gives me some, at least some confidence that this club can go up against good teams and win these games. I mean, you're you're looking at some really solid pitching matchups, and not only that, you know, the Cubs are going to have Darvish and Lester going in games one and two. I'm curious who they're going to throw in game three, um, but I really do want to see... The Cubs score some runs as well. If they can put some runs on the board, even if they don't win the game, Chad, even if the Cubs can put a five spot on the board, maybe a couple of times. And if they win or lose, at least I can say, hey, the offense is coming around. Now, granted, that would mean the pitching's giving up some runs too. So for me, I just two or three wins. If they can get two of three, then I will feel much, much better. Obviously a sweep is perfect, but, Just give me two or three, and I don't know if that's even possible at this point.
1: You know, I want to see a competition. I want to see a competitive Cubs team out there. We're pretty aligned in that. I want to see you Darvish make his final – exclamation point to claim the Cy Young. That's riding on this. I want to see Lester make his last potential start in a Chicago uniform in Chicago and obviously have an exclamation point on that career. So there's a lot riding on those two starts, but ultimately I want to see the offense show up. I wanted to see the offense fight. I do wonder if, if playing the worst team in baseball, knowing that you've clinched the playoff again, that foot off the gas and they weren't excited. The pirates had so much more to play for pride than the Cubs. And so right now this weekend, It's it is about pride. It's it's the Crosstown Classic. It's the White Sox. It's energy. It's being in your your home bed, even though you're not in your home stadium. So what I would like to see out of this, this uh, uh, next three games against the White Sox is energy focus, some sort of drive. And the offense show us what we saw even a week ago. Did you really just say that the Pirates had more to play for than the Cubs? I feel like pride sometimes when it's against a really bad team. Yeah, those, uh, those, those, yeah, th- that could have been the worst. That is probably what they're going to hang their hat on
0: the entire offseason. So if, I do believe that. If that's the case, then the Cubs have no business being in the postseason. That, that's literally the case. Because if you're a team that is going to the playoffs, and you can't beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat, then you don't even deserve to be in the postseason. Major League Baseball,
1: this isn't Minor League Baseball, and that's a Major League Baseball team in Pittsburgh that things haven't bounced their way. Keep in mind, the Nationals aren't that much better, and they won the World Series last year. I'm just saying there's pride on the line when you're a bad team and you're going up, you know, the the last big good team you're going to face. You know, I'm just just sharing that sometimes when you have the postseason at hand, there isn't that sense of urgency. This weekend, I want to see – Urgency.
0: All right, let's move on now to the fifth inning. And speaking of urgency, the Cubs have their uh, well, the, the two guys that you'd want to go uh, down the stretch, at least to, you know, come up big for this team in Hugh Darvish. And John Lester but of course Kyle Hendricks who has actually pitched really well and he had a great game the other night on the road which is a good sign because normally he does not pitch that well so the question to you Chad initially is after Darvish and Hendricks do you trust the rest of the rotation and that includes John Lester
1: it doesn't matter so much in that first series right so we're looking ahead to that next week I I look at Darvish and I look at Hendricks and I go okay who do you got out there? Who, who do you put up against and say this one-two punch on a team is superior by leaps and bounds? That's a solid one-two. So the question is, who do I trust after Hendricks, after Darvish? John Lester. John Lester, his career, he's like a 2-6 ERA in the postseason in his entire career. He's like two four eight. He's 2-5 in a Cubs use, uh, uniform in the postseason. He's the guy that if it comes down to a game three next week on Friday, if John Lester's on the mound, I actually feel pretty confident. So I think it really just comes down to those three guys. And then it's going to be a bullpen day if anybody gets yanked early.
0: Yeah, listen, and in the playoffs, you got to have at least a four-man rotation. So now the question becomes, is Alec Mills the guy that you trust with a possible game four on the line if you get to the division round? Is uh, Albert Alzale a guy who you're going to trust you know, going down the stretch? And the answer is no, I don't trust either one of those guys. I mean, Alec Mills has had his moments. Obviously he had a huge, huge win against the Brewers and pitched a no hitter this year. Yes, I get that. But overall, I don't think Alex Mills is a guy who I can point to and say, man, I feel good going into game four today because I know that Alec Mills is going to throw a really good game. It's hit or miss. And while Lester is a guy who's obviously known for his big game pitching, you know, Lester kind of reminds me of like an Andy Pettit in that way. You know, a guy who even when maybe he hasn't had the best regular season, I know come postseason Lester's always a gamer and is going to, you know, come in the clutch and really pitch well. Darvish, Hendricks, yes, I know that we can get you know some solid starts out of them in the postseason, but after Lester, you really are going to be juggling here to figure out who are you going to go with in that four spot and maybe in that five spot. I don't know. I would assume four-man rotation, but I don't feel really good, Chad, overall about this rotation um, come the postseason, and that's why unfortunately I don't have them going very far.
1: Good point. So let's move on to the sixth inning. And this is interesting. I mean, you know, let's look at a positive of this last week. Guess who wasn't really overtaxed this last week? Yes, they had to eat up some innings, but there were really no pressure situations to get to it. The Cubs bullpen. I mean, talk about a bright spot when that was probably the most glaring area of concern for both of us in our preseason podcast who's going to step up who's going to be but rhino i asked you the question is the cubs bullpen is that the is that the mvp of this team this year
0: well so far it seems like it kind of next to the starting rotation next to darvish i guess It, it is chad i mean they've been pleasantly pretty good right jeremy jeffress has probably been the best pitcher in the bullpen we can probably agree on that He's had a, a wonderful year. I mean, four and one is a one six one ERA, eight saves. Um, he certainly has been a guy. You know, leads the team in saves. Certainly been a guy that you know this team can certainly rely on. Rowan Wick has been pretty solid for the most part. You got guys like Ryan Tepera. Um, there's there's definitely some guys in this pen that you look at and you say, you know what? Okay, they they're making some moves. That they are guys you can. Uh, rely on and yes even our favorite punching bag the one and only craig kimbrell even though there are times where yes he has not looked very good craig kimbrell seems like he's getting himself continuously in better shape as far as how he looks on the mound his numbers are not going to stand out and you know jump out at you but at least he's trending upwards and i'll take that so yes for me the bullpen has turned out to be the MVP, and that is a huge credit to Tommy Hadovy and the rest of the coaches on this staff who have done a great job of managing the pen.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's just not the most obvious thing. And, and I don't. there's very few teams in baseball where you go, oh, well, gosh, I mean, you know, the bullpen year in and year out. There's not a, a Mariano Rivera. There's not that guy on a lot of different teams or if you just get to this inning it's over and the cubs are definitely in that realm as well i mean i have great concerns about wick because of his injury we may not see him again we may not have his services in the seventh inning with his his recent injuries but i'll tell you what you know in the last three weeks if you do look at uh, at craig kimbrell's uh numbers they do stand out they do look phenomenal and i gotta tell you I will not be surprised if we see this opportunity, um, whether in the White Sox game where it's important for a clinching um, opportunity, whether it's in the first round wild card that three-game series, I have a feeling Craig Kimbrell is going to have a huge role down the stretch. Rhino, I love this. We're giving our listeners, again, the opportunity to get free merchandise right here on the show. Uh, How would a free Cubs hat sound to you guys? All you have to do is text CUBS20 to the number 77948. So all you do, open up your text messenger, type in the phone number 77948 and text CUBS20, S two zero. You can get a free Cubs hat while supplies last from our new partners, Federalist Wine. Again, that's CUBS20 to 77948 and you can get a free Cubs hat.
0: Well, that seems easy enough, Chad. I mean, and speaking of the Federalist, this is a wine devoted to one thing, and that's damn good taste. It's crafted to be as big, bold, and revolutionary as America itself. You're an American, right, Chad? You should like this wine. Very American, yes. This is an American craft wine that really goes with everything. So you want it with a nice dinner? Drink Federalist. You want it with some, as I like to call it, dude food, like a hamburger? Drink Federalist wine.
1: It's perfect for backyard barbecues and watching baseball. I drink it. Ryan drinks it. You should too. Grab a bottle at uncorked.com. And here's another great promotion. Use the promo code CUBS20. The folks over at uncorked.com, CUBS20. You'll get 20% off your purchase. So remember, text CUBS20 to 77948 to get your free CUBS hat. And then go on over to uncorked.com and use the promo code CUBS20 as well for 20% off as many bottles of wine as you want. That's Federalist Wine, damn good taste. That's right. Must be 21
0: years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And you know, if you're an avid listener to the show, You know, Chad and I are proud Southern Illinois University graduates. So we said to ourselves, it would just make sense to have the head basketball coach from Southern Illinois University. He is also a graduate of SIU. It is Brian Mullins. And welcome to the seventh inning stretch. How you doing?
2: Great, great. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to be on and, um, you know, excited to be talking to some, uh, some alumni right now and um, definitely a graduate of this university and also a, a proud Cubs fan too. So we got a lot in common.
0: It sounds great to hear your voice and we appreciate you taking a few minutes to be with us.
2: Um, let's start
0: here, coach. Obviously, I know you grew up in the Chicagoland area. Did you grow up in your family more of a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan?
2: We, we don't even talk about the White Sox in our family. Um, it's, it, it, it's all Cubs. Uh, my dad is a diehard Cubs fan and, and me and my brothers, uh, we grew up going to Wrigley every every single summer. So, uh, you know, we're, we're Cubs all the way.
0: Well, it is good to hear that because this will allow us to continue <laughs> this conversation, of course. Do you remember, Brian, your first time at Wrigley Field, um, what that experience was like for you? If you have any memories of the first time you walked into uh, a Cubs game with your family or your friends?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I, I, Wrigley's really, you know, I've been to a couple other stadiums um, on vacations and stuff like that, but um, I've been going there since I can remember. Um, you know, like I said, you know, my dad's taken us there every every single summer, and uh, you know, been to a you know, playoff games there. And um, so it's just an unbelievable atmosphere, you know, and it's just, I mean, in my opinion, obviously there's no better ballpark in the country and and we have the best fans. And, you know, when you walk into Wrigley on a game day, um, you just get a a jolt of energy and and excitement. And, um, you know, it it always isn't easy to be a Cubs fan, but it's always worth it. That's for sure.
0: Who was your favorite player growing up when you were uh, a kid? Who do you remember cheering for the most?
2: Yeah, I was a big Mark Grace guy, so um, that that was that was kind of my favorite player growing up.
0: I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Gracie was such a great player for so many years with the Cubs, and, I mean, I, I was sad to see him go when he went to Arizona, but I was glad that he got to win that World Series uh, when he finally left the team. You used to be an assistant coach at Loyola prior to you coming to SIU. Do you have any memories or times when maybe you were able to go – um, had some time away to enjoy a game in the summertime, to go to Wrigley, have more time to go, or maybe you went with the team. Anything that you can share from that?
2: Yeah, well, I, I got to work um, for an amazing person and an awesome boss in Porter Mosier, who is also a diehard Cubs fan. And a couple of us as assistants were all big Cubs guys. So coach was going to the games always throughout the summer, and he'd always invite us. Um, you know, and he'd always have the the real, real good seats. So we had so many great experiences just um, you know, as a staff over there at Loyola and would go there, you know, throughout the summer we did a staff retreat, you know, on the rooftops there. So there was a lot of, um, you know, games that we spent together, um, you know, talking basketball and also watching the Cubs.
0: We're talking with Brian Mullins, the head basketball coach at Southern Illinois University. And you can find Brian on Twitter. He's at Brian underscore Mullins underscore. So you can even interact with him on there. The the great technology. See, Brian, when I was at SIU and Rich Heron was the head coach, there was no Twitter. <laughs> and I don't know if Coach Heron would have even known how to use Twitter. I'm not sure he would have been into Twitter. at all. So (laughs) it just shows you how far we've come with technology today when it comes to, uh, you know, the way that people are interacting with each other in that way. Um, Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Did you have any interaction? When you guys made that run with Loyola in 2017 to the final four, Were there any, I know coach maybe coach had the opportunity to sing the seventh inning stretch. Did you or anybody else from the team get to maybe meet some of the players from the Cubs during that stretch run or anytime you were at Loyola?
2: Um, You know, specific players. I'm not exactly sure. You know, they throughout that tournament run in March, you know, the Cubs organization would send our team messages um, and then at, was over. They did like a, a, a Loyola, you know, men's basketball day at the park type thing, where our guys got to go onto the field and and shake hands with with Coach Madden, and um, you know, invited us, um, you know. Down to the field, so and then Sister Jean was obviously a big hit, and, and you know they did a couple things for Sister Jean throughout that whole process. So, like I said, the Cubs have always been uh, big supporters, you know, especially during that tournament run.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, you had the experience of going to the Sweet 16 with SIU. You've made it to the Final Four as an assistant coach with Loyola. How do you equate that to maybe what that was like for the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016? comparatively to the feelings that maybe you had with your own experiences and how excited you were to compare that experience for you personally when the Cubs won the World Series and comparing it to maybe your own athletic achievements? Is there a way you can kind of uh, target that?
2: Uh, That's a great question. Um, You know, obviously the Sweet 16, as a player, there's nothing like being a player, um, you know, there's because you have control, so much control over the game. You always feel like you have a huge impact on the game and just, you know, the you put all that work, all that time into it. So when you accomplish something, um, you know, like making it to a Sweet 16, it's just an, uh, a memorable experience and, and, you know, one of the greatest memories I have in my life so far. And then, you know, that final four run with with the Loyola group was just so magical. Uh, you know, it was an accumulation of so many years that coach Mosier put into the program and, um, you know, a lot of things ended up going our way. And it was because we had a special group of guys and, and just the experience that those student athletes and their families will have for the rest of their life from that month is, is, is great for them. Um, And then just with the Cubs, you know, being a lifelong Cubs fan and, you know, just how much my dad, you know, has loved it and has basically, um, you know, made our family just, you know, every single summer we've been at Wrigley and, you know, they were going, my family were going to all the playoff games. My dad and my younger brother drove up to Cleveland for game six and game seven. Um, and, And me and my older brother watched it in Chicago and then went out to Wrigley after the Cubs won it. So. Um, you know, it was just, you know, it, it's not the same because it wasn't in terms of, you know, I didn't feel responsible for the Cubs winning or have a direct hand in it, but just the emotion that you have over your whole lifetime to see that, you know, the organization that you've chaired for so long, you know, kind of reached the pinnacle of sports was an amazing Amazing night for us as a family, I think, in general.
0: Yeah, no, with without a doubt. And I think that's what brings people together, especially families, is, is sports in that way. So, wait, I want to make sure I have this right. You were in Cleveland and went to both game six and seven. Did you go to any games at Wrigley, too?
2: No, my uh, so me and my older brother. My older brother's on my staff here at SIU. We're both college coaches. Um, and so we were in Chicago. He was at UIC coaching at University of Illinois Chicago. I was at Loyola Chicago. So we were watching it in Chicago, but my younger brother and my father drove up to Cleveland and they were at game six and game seven, um, for, for those games. Very cool. Well, at least you got some,
0: like you said in your family to be there and, and experience it for what that was. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your program and let's talk a little college sports and, and obviously with what's going on with the Salukis right now, um, Obviously, 2020, Brian, has been, uh, to say the least, a pretty unbelievable year. You had such a great first year with this team. Everyone kind of expected, you know, SIU to finish more in the bottom of the valley. You guys surprised a lot of people, have some really young, talented players coming back. Um, What do you think this college basketball season is ultimately going to look like for this team? And what transitions do you think you are trying to make knowing there may be an, you know, a possibility that we're not seeing fans in the stands at sporting events, what that could potentially look like for college basketball this year.
2: Yeah. This, what we're going through and what, you know, my guys are going through and what the rest of us student athletes are going through is, you know, once in a lifetime type stuff that we're talking about. And there's so many things that we can't control right now. And that's what I talk to my guys about every single day that, You know, there's so many things out of our control, but the things we can control is, you know, how hard we practice, you know, the extra work we put in, you know, how well we do in school. We take care of our bodies, we eat right, we sleep right, and if we continue to do those things to the best of our ability, I truly believe there's going to be a college basketball season. It might look a little bit different than usual, but there, I I do think there will be a college basketball season, and I think you know, the teams that take advantage of the opportunity right now and don't wait for things maybe to clear up or things to look a little bit better. That the, You know, those are the teams that are going to have success when when the season does get going. And I think, you know, with the fans, you know, not knowing how many fans will be at games, if there will be fans at games, I just think it's going to be teams that, A, are really competitive, that love to compete, uh, teams that communicate well, that can create their own energy, and then, you know, teams that trust each other and have each other's back because, uh, you know, without fans, you got to kind of create your own energy. And, you know, I've been talking to my team about that a lot. Brian Mullins, head basketball coach at Southern Illinois
0: University. Coach, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join us here on the Friendly Confines. We would love to have you back. Anytime we are able to get our fellow Salukis on our show, uh, we're always appreciative, always excited. And we wish you nothing but the best, of course, this coming season. And it would be so exciting. I know you included would feel this way to get SIU back into the NCAA tournament once again, where they belong. So best of luck to you continued success. And and we hope we can have you back on the show again.
2: For sure. I appreciate you having me on Ryan. Thanks,
0: Brian. Have a great one. Take care. Thanks. You too. And our thanks to the head basketball coach at Southern Illinois university, Brian Mullins. Very cool to get him on the show. Of course, we love our Salukis, Chad. It's always an exciting way and, them. Them and uh, Yeah, man. I mean, listen, hopefully SIU can turn it around, and what's even cooler is that it looks like there will, in fact, be college basketball this year. So that's pretty exciting. And, of course, you can find Brian on Twitter at Brian underscore Mullins underscore. So if you want to follow him there, check him out. And you know what? Chad and I, we're not as cool as Brian Mullins, but we still... Chad's at the Chad Gordon. I am at Ryan D Lieber and remember you can also find us on the Facebook page it's the Chicago Cubs friendly confines Facebook page we're always interested in hearing what you guys have to say and engaging with us on the Facebook page where we also post our episodes so be sure to check us out check us out there as well right Jeff
1: absolutely let's move on to the eighth inning and you know it's a tough kind of inning to talk about but this last week has raised some red flags for a lot of a lot of fans it's raised red red flags for for me it's red, red red flags for you but if this team somehow finds a way even though they could have wrapped this thing up in Pittsburgh if they find a way to not clinch the division where will that collapse line up
0: for you oh man well I mean I guess the I guess the uh, obvious one, even though you and I weren't even alive, is 1969, right? So I won't use that one because neither one of us were around when that happened. But I guess as far as this goes, if they absolutely collapse, even though 2018 was pretty bad, I'm going to go with an uh, kind of an out-of-the-box one, Chad. I'm going to go with 1984 and why is that the case? Because the Cubs had a commanding two games to none lead over the San Diego Padres. They just had to win one game to get to the world series and they collapsed losing three straight in San Diego. Of course, it was kind of a different uh, format back then the way that they did the NLCS. So I'm going to go with that one because I think 2018, yeah, yeah, you can say that is kind of an obvious answer because that recently happened. But as far as collapses go, for what I've seen in my lifetime, 84 is probably oh. the biggest collapse for me.
1: What about you? Well, that no, that's definitely the biggest collapse, and I don't think this one is – if they don't win the division this weekend with the White Sox, I don't think this is even close to 69 or 84. Um, but yeah, some of the biggest collapses ever. I mean, 84 and, and 03, I mean, to, to, to to you know, just to win six or seven in 03 and to go into the World Series, that was the biggest one of my lifetime. Um, 84 was, you know, that's what solidified me as a, as a diehard Cubs fan. I never cried so much in my life as a 10-year-old. But, you know, if this team doesn't win the division after they had it on a silver platter, I mean, it really, you know, they're still making the postseason. And I'm a broken record with this. I've always said, guys, this, the postseason isn't, like 69 you don't just win the national league based on the merits of winning the record and then going right to the world series or an 84 where you win one division and then you have a five game series and you go to the world series it it takes so much health luck it takes so much to get to the world series round and the fact that the, the the expanded playoffs are in play right now it would be tremendously disappointing to me if this team doesn't take the central title crown, because those don't grow on trees, even though it's a shortened year, this matters. So with this collapse happens, they don't do that. And then they, they go into the postseason, And then suddenly they're not hosting a final series at Wrigley, but they're on the road as the away team. You know, it, it, it would be very disappointing. It would, it would be more akin to, to 17 and 18 where they, they faltered right out of the gates in the postseason.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, 17, they got to the NLC, yes. But for me, an eight, I guess this would 18, rank eight, Yeah, 18, sorry. Yeah, no, for me, this would rank fourth. I say 84, 69, 2018, and then this, if they completely implode and they don't get there. And, you know, listen, I understand you talk about there's a lot of things that have to go your way. But this is also a team that has won a World Series, and they should be at a point where they know how to overcome things. We have seen the L.A. Dodgers win now eight straight NL West titles, right? They've gotten to the World Series multiple times. I understand they haven't won it, but they've had to endure injuries. They've had to endure injuries to arguably the greatest pitcher of this generation in Clayton Kershaw, and in spite of that, they have still won. So I know you're the more positive of the two of us, but I think there's also a realistic take here where you got to just at some point say, look, there are going to be issues we have to overcome and you have to be better than that. And we are not seeing it from this team. Unfortunately, that's just the bottom line from this. All right, let us move on. Now, finally, Chad, to the ninth inning, who do you not want to face in the playoffs in the wild card round, the Cubs potentially could be playing, if it was starting today, the Miami Marlins, but that can obviously change. They could be playing the Cincinnati Reds. They could be playing the Cardinals. They could be playing a multitude of teams. Is there one specific team or maybe more that you just are like, I do not want to draw this team in the first round?
1: Who do you got? Oh. Yeah, I mean, the only team that if, if things really fall apart, and I don't—I haven't done the numbers to see if it's even possible because, I mean, they would be a number two finisher in their division, and I think they're the scariest team in the National League right now because they are just loaded, stacked. They're playing um, a lot of really good baseball. They've got a solid pitching staff. I would – it would be a tough draw to suddenly have to – fly out to San Diego, which would be great for me, by the way, um, because I could go see them in some way, shape, or form. I'd find a rooftop out on the high-rises there in downtown, but yeah, the the Padres, to me, are the the scariest team right now to draw in the first round. You know, the Reds are absolutely looking like what we thought the Reds were going to be. I mean, again, it's not how you start, and the Reds sure started in a really bad way. It's how you finish, and right now with Bauer leading that that rotation, um, I would just say the young talent of the Padres probably are my number one, and the Reds if they come to town, it's going to be a heck of a tough series.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point about the Padres. Obviously, I, I personally think the Padres are making the World Series. That's, that's my personal take when this is all said and done. I really do believe that. Um, so, yes, the Padres would be the team that, if the Cubs had to draw them in the first round, yikes. Um, but I'm going to throw out the, the hometown team here for me, Chad. I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins. Um, they are playing and flying under the radar And I know they're not playing great right now as of this recording. They've lost four in a row, but this is a kind of a, a very sneaky team. They got really solid pitching. They play well on the road. And I really believe that this is kind of a team that is reminiscent of the Oh three Marlins when they won, won the world series with really great pitching and, you know, some young hitters that, You may have not heard of at the time, but ended up blossoming into really solid players. So for me, I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins. And if the Cubs do end up playing them in the first round, that could be a potential problem for this Cubs team, especially with how good the Miami Marlins pitching is. So that is who I would want to. avoid.
1: I love that. And I will share with you how good are the Los Angeles Dodgers that they are just like literally breaking all-time records, but we are so used to them being so dominant, we almost discount them. They are the scariest team, I think. And of all the times for them to potentially win a World Series after they've, you know, won so many straight divisions, those guys are going to be a, a a really tough team for whoever
0: draws them. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Well, enjoy the Crosstown Classic Series, everybody. That is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad, I am Ryan. We'll talk to you next week in preview. The Wild Card Round. Have a good one, everybody.
1: See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a
0: Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon, And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast.
1: Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports.
0: Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan.
1: Yeah,
2: oh my God, I'm happy to do it
1: pat hughes welcome to the seventh inning happy to
0: be here chad it is len Casper.
2: you got it ryan chad happy to be with you guys
0: the hawk andre dawson what my smartest thing i'm doing fine thank you we're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the barroom network so if you're a cubs fan or even just a baseball fan be sure to check out the friendly confines podcast every week on the barroom network
1: Bears Bar Room Welcome to the Bar Room Network Here's what's on the menu Gabriel Schuster Football Podcast I'm David Schuster, he is Greg Gabriel This is Bear Football, your weekly look at the Chicago Bears from a fanalist standpoint This is Buffone 55 And welcome into another edition of the Grabstein Schuster Zone Bears Bar Room The so Mike North advantage Hawk Harrelson. How are you, Hawk? All right, big guy. What are
0: we going to argue about today? So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network.
2: This is the Fantasy Football Goon podcast with
0: me, Joe Mandel, the goon, and my buddy John Santucci, the tooch. Shinovsky, Schuster, Sharpshooters.
1: And welcome in to Stuff My Mom Threw Out. It's brought to you by AU Sports, the best memorabilia store in the world. Bears Bar
2: Room. There's that
0: and much more, like the Barfly Tailgate Show, Draft on Tap. And, well, just subscribe to the Bears Bar Room Radio Network and get automatic downloads to all our shows. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.
1: Bears Bar Room.
0: everybody this is ryan dempster and you're listening to chad and ryan on the friendly confines podcast